So settling in, just acknowledging it takes a few days, people have been here for a long time, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you're, in a, you're in a flow already, but uh, for most of us it takes a few days just to really find, find ourselves and find our presence in all the movements of our lives. Mm. Everything happens to this, to this presence. And generally, of course, it's the the everything that uh, takes the precedent. <laughs> and now we're taking away a lot of the everythings with all the urgencies and messages, just coming back into the presence that it happens to here. And for guidance, we take refuge in the body. And how the body feels itself, knows itself directly it doesn't know, it doesn't really know hair, liver, spleen. The eyes can see that and we can imagine that and it's all true and in, in terms of those bases and ways of looking at it. We're now looking directly, sensing directly, the body cannot see, cannot hear, cannot taste can only touch. Mm. That's its that's its sense base. It can only touch. Mm. Mm. Touching the presence the body internally, touching how the body experiences itself as pressure, warmth, flows, rhythms, movement, warmth, coolness. Various feelings flicker through all that disagreeable feelings, pleasant feelings, flickering through all that. And then just uh, <coughs> directing, bringing up one, one sense, one word, one theme. Where in all this, if we use the word ground, ground, if we use the ground, word ground, Where, how is that sensed? Where is the sense of the balance, the equilibrium, the ground, the groundedness of body? 
If it doesn't, if it doesn't thought, if it doesn't work, forget it. Don't let yourself think about it too much. Just, just, it's just a notion, a signal. Most present, intimate sense of being grounded, of being right here. Presence, everything, um, sensations flow and flux and change. Still, the sense of being here, experiencing that remains. <coughs> being here, experiencing change in the body. Being here experiencing various kinds of feeling. Not contending with them, not arranging them, not sorting them out, not making anything out of it. Just uh, finding that position, perspective, which allows us to be here, feeling things changing. Vibrating, throbbing, slowly drifting, whatever it is, and coming really back to the point, reference point, being here with that. In mind, where you want to want to do something about that. What should we? What's the next step? Or what? what are, so what? We make of that. Then, okay, mind needs wants to do something. Then, 
what the mind needs to do is just to expand its awareness, appreciation of being here. Generously, be here generously, be here enjoying being here, enjoying the groundedness, simplicity, nothing to change or fix or make sense of or understand. another inclination for the mind. Mm. Is it possible to trust being here? Trust is an inclination. Mm. Refuge. Taking refuge. Relaxing into that. Trusting it. Feeling safe with it. Feeling one has done enough by doing that. Enjoying being here. Opening to it.
being loyal to being here. So, sense of loyalty. So you don't go flirting or being seduced by subtle sensations or lights, moods or energies, just you know, renounce, let go, just be the simple, loyal, stay at home, grounded. Nothing we have to accumulate. Just checking if you parts of your body moving away or holding out, locked in themselves or defending. Just inviting all the experienced form, however difficult its feeling is. Inviting all of it, welcoming all of it.
And just set up a question and uh, let the question float into your awareness. <clears throat> See what it does. Is there anything that we can that can be laid to rest here? Anything that we just offer, put down here, feeling enough of that. Mm. Try not to think too much about it, but just if something sense of don't need this anymore. Not today anyway. Just put it down. This does not support being here, being present. It's a And uh, gradually opening the other sense doors, the eye, the ears, the nose, the sight, as if you're staying right here, and it's just drawing the curtains back. No need to jump out the window, letting lights, sounds enter.
those uh, mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of body. various uh, ways in which that can be explored. Mm. One of the ways it's uh, mentioned in the Satipatthana Sutta is mindfulness and clear comprehension just to the extent to know there is a body. So it goes through all the various other ways. You can be mindful of the decay of the body, the breathing in and out of the body, various things. You can be mindful of the body. Or you could be just mindful and clearly alert to the sense of there is a body. And some people think that's the kind of, well, if you can't do the rest of it, do that, you know. But actually that's the pinnacle. To get that simple is is the is, is <laughs> you're moving up by getting simpler and simpler and simpler. There's actually nothing left to say, apart from it's here. And uh, you know, it's really wonderful to to just see the trajectory. Of the development is to know less and less. So all that potency of awareness and configuration and is gradually settling into an undifferentiated here. All then all the you know stuff we can make out of that and definitions and it's just all resolving. Now the sutta, the sutta, one of the suttas on emptiness, the Buddha uses this image of uh, stretching out the hide of a bull or a cow, you know, and just, so you've got this piece of skin, knock pegs in the ground and you, you stretch the skin. So all the various creases and folds and differentiated differentiations on that gradually get stretched out as just that it's got no differentiation it's called it's empty it's empty to differentiation and so this is this is your this is the development to empty the differentiations so you get a sense of you're not avoiding it you're not not looking at the skin but you're looking at really just the, you know, the ground of it all, that all this stuff runs on and is configured on. This is the emptying. And he goes through a whole sequence of, of, uh, you know, emptying and emptying and emptying the mind, the elements. <clears throat> yeah. 
So this is the uh, body and uh, really the body's awareness of itself. The body's, it's the, this, this experience, kaya. And, and uh, so there are a couple of terms that are often associated with body, kaya and rupa. Rupa is form. So that can, and that is really the object of consciousness. And it can be of any, it can be sight, sound, any any object of consciousness is first. The sense of it being an object is rupa, as a form, a shape, a definition, an impact. There it is. You know. Often associated with visual consciousness, rupa. I, the eye sees rupa. It's the immediate apprehension of there's a thing there. It's the object. So it's the object of consciousness. Kaya is a seat of consciousness, of one of the consciousnesses. It's not an object of consciousness. It's the basis of body consciousness. It's this kind of flesh and blood thing which is conscious, which experiences, and its consciousness is tactile, experiences things in a tactile way, just as the eye sees things in a visual way. The body is like a a large sense organ, experiencing tactile things. (coughs) So it's it's slightly different from rupa. Kaya is the subject, Rupa is the object. And this body itself comes into being through Sankara called Ayu Sankara, means the life force energy, the life force energy that brings this body into life, into vitality, into uh, incarnation. Say so that's that's the fundamental uh, program to be alive, to come into this, mm, to be embodied, and then from that program builds up the other programs. The other programs start running as consciousness arises, then it unfolds. You know, obviously, when you're very very, you're down to just being a few cells. You're not really doing a lot of seeing, or definitely not doing any thinking. Uh, it's just, but some consciousness has arisen, as those cells start multiplying. Yeah, but the fundamental quality there is still the Ayu Sankara, the program that begins to program the other stuff: the eyes, the ears, the nose, the whole complexity of it all. It arises from this one root program life force program and that's still there it doesn't switched off yet it's impermanent but it's going to you know hopefully it'll get us through the night (laughs) (laughs) now then these uh, as consciousness arises and uh, complexifies through into these various sense bases, then it, it begins to have a multiplicity of and all the kind of 
arrangements and details get etched in. So you have consciousness, rupa, and then how does consciousness know rupa? Through perception, feeling, and a further cluster of, of sankharas of programs called intention, inclination to do it, attention, sustain a focus, contact, give me feedback. How's that feel? That's an activity, that's a program which says when something touches a sense base, perceptions and feelings are going to arise. The contact itself is a program that always brings up perceptions and feelings. No perceptions and feelings, no contact. You can't have contact without perception and feeling. All perceptions and feelings arise from contact. Whether it's eye, nose, something strikes, flash, you know, that's the program. So, and then this, this is this cluster of consciousness, vijnana, rupa, and then what's called nama, which is perception, feeling, intention, attention, and contact. Otherwise known as the five aggregates. <coughs> so the five aggregates are the way that consciousness details rupa, you know, or three of them. So that's the arising of this com- complexity of the five aggregates. These five aggregates are ways of knowing things, of being aware of things, of consciousness expands its its palette to all this differentiation and then it, through that we experience the exterior and we name it and we feel it and we categorize it and we're functioning yeah we can differentiate between sights and sounds and pleasant ones and unpleasant ones and here and there and it's very much coming to terms with the external mm world isn't it that's what that's all about so that we can navigate through that mm. but then remember remembering that though this is dazzling and urgent and lovely and painful and whatever all that and it's constantly coming and going the external experience is not a refuge because it's out there it's all out there and you can't find really a place where you can rest in the out there because the out there is dependent on all kinds of other changing conditions weather, climate, other people da 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 (coughs) so but then there's an interior. So, you know, this is, of course, the uh, interior. Just let that word hover for a while. We say, what is the fundamental, though we can say sight, sound, touch, and so forth, what's the, the fundamental property of consciousness? Well, you could say, I call it its interior because it's not about the exteriors that it touches, it's awareness. 
Whatever you see, you're aware of seeing it. And in meditation, making a big thing out of that internal quality of consciousness. This is awareness. Why is it internal? Because you can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't taste it. You can't think it. Well, you can think it, but it doesn't take you there. But all the time it's there, isn't it? But you can't, where? I can't see it. <laughs> I can see sights, sounds, smell, smell things, taste things. Hmm. It's there. It's there. But here, here, the subject of all that, the here, the subject of all that is awareness. So the awareness, I call it interior because it's not something you can see, taste, touch, feel out there as an object. It's the subject. Hmm? It's a subject that's got no identity to it. It's not a person and we all experience this and as you meditate more and as you steady as you're not, less you're going out, the more emphatic awareness makes itself. The more emphatically present it makes itself. Of course, there are many um, snags that keep us going out, and a lot of this is the mind's going out in terms of its thoughts, memories, perceptions, um, going out. And yet, of course, we can be aware of those too. We can in, go within that, underneath that. If we're not fighting with it, fascinated by it, worrying about it, trying to make it change, fiddling around with it, thoughts and feelings and perceptions, we can just say, okay, let's just go in under the surface of all that. And we find something, a deepening. Hmm depending on our ability to really, you know, facilitate that process of, you know, letting the stuff be as it is and going in. It is so consciousness as an interior called awareness. And in particular channels or avenues, uh, uh, most uh, fruitful mm. of all the doorways of consciousness seeing, hearing they all have some kind of interior to them but the really big ones are the body interior of the body and the interior of the mind these are the big ones so when I say the interior of the body I don't mean you know the interior of the physical body I mean the interior of body consciousness what's that? well it's a sense of having location of being here that's its kind of baseline and within that or around that cluster feeling, physical feelings, energies. Mm. 
Yep. Anything else? Perceptions, yeah. So the internal perception of the body is, oh, it feels firm. It's the way we interpret these energies. It feels like earth. It feels warm, vital, alive. So the elements are, could be experienced, and it's, you know, or elemental properties. There's, nobody's got literally flames and mud inside them but in terms of the body consciousness we experience there's a sense of firmness or of vitality or flowing cohesive or breathing movement rhythm all that yeah, yeah. And, but all that we say all that is still nestling in the here the location And it's the turning to that is the the skill and beauty of really tuning in and resting into the most fundamental aspect of the interior of the body, the groundedness, the earth of it, the, the presence of it, is it acts like a, a stabilizer. The other stuff shifts around, shifts around, and shifts around. You don't give it a lot of uh, emphasis, a lot of reactions, a lot of, you know, messing around. It tends to sort of settle and uh, things stabilize. You feel a sense. So then of space, spaciousness. In this very body, you feel spacious. Sense of spaciousness opens up because it's not so congested with activities, with sankharas and energies and kind of resistances and so on. There's this tremendous capacity to then offer us uh, peace of mind if you can letting your mind and heart tune into that. Tune into the sense of the, the here. Mm-hmm. Letting you, bringing your breathing back to here. So it's uh, rather than something you have to do, make, or be good at, or un- develop something through, or you know, just, just, you know, that may happen. But let's first of all, when you get right here, can you sense something? The rhythm, something rhythmic, the home base of uh, breathing in, breathing out, something flexing, comfortable, effortless. Nobody does it. it nobody has to do it. Mm, nobody's bad at it or good at it. it just it's the thing that happens. That, most of, you know, this is the fundamental sankara, the life force switches on, because if it doesn't switch this one on, nothing else is going to get going, is it? This is, your, this is the, the fundamental one to, to get going first of all. 
no point seeing, hearing, touching if you're not going to breathe. So it's it's really, really bottom line stuff, and it's experienced as a, as something rhythmic, and effortless, and un unconstructed. In itself, this it's a. A body within the bodies, it's described as. This is a body within the bodies. This breathing in and breathing out as itself has got a kind of a height, a span, a movement, change. And there it is. Yeah. And so you can kind of, well, look at that, you know, admire it. And get out of the way. Don't fuss over it. Give it plenty of room. So really a lot of our practice is about undoing. Undoing the complexities and the differentiations and the good intentions and the worries and the trying to make it work and self-definitions and clearing up my karma and whatever, you know, just just letting all that, that those preoccupations be known, sensed, heard, and let them rest in mindfulness of the body. And the Buddha spoke very emphatically and, uh, and, uh, about the benefits of mindfulness of the body, saying of all the, just as the, all, all the rivers and streams that there are all flow into the great ocean, so every form of wisdom that there is flows into mindfulness of the body. This is the great reservoir of it all. You know, we always imagine wisdom is some sort of brainy stuff. Yeah. And yeah, there's that's there's that, but body wisdom is knowing things like balance, ease, comfort, flow, ground. Not just as ideas. As ideas not that impressive. You know. The brain they're impressed with that, but as the body knowing that, sensing that, calibrating itself around that, adjusting itself around that, that is very, that is a wisdom that really um, brings great results and great rewards and great fruit. Hmm. How many people know it? So basic, yet how many people really know it? How many people know what ground is apart from? Well, I don't know, it's that dirt down there. (laughs) How many people really know a body apart from what they see on the outside of it? Or poke around under the skin at? How many people really know the interior of the body? How many, you know, how many people trust it and are able to enter it? So this this is practice wisdom, wisdom that 
bears the fruits of release, clarity, knowing things fully, um, collectedness, harmony, liberation. These are good things to know. Now in some ways it's uh, sort of it's extraordinarily simple, and yet, as we all acknowledge, it takes quite a bit of work to get that simple, to be able to do that. <clears throat> because, of course, the, the, uh, the evolution of the sankharas, the programs, is to th- throw us out, throw the attention out, throw out into sights and sounds and touches, and throw out, turn the mind outwardly to thoughts and concepts and imaginations and memories and just, you know, out there. <coughs> and the underlying kind of sense of it is, yeah, it's not providing you with the results yet, but keep going out a bit further. <laughs> A bit longer. <laughs> it's out there somewhere. It just keep going out. <laughs> now this is the turning, turning back, turning back to you know. So it requires both the uh, why the Buddha emphasised the said all the wisdom collects into mindfulness of the body. If there is one thing to be developed, it's mindfulness of the body. Mindfulness of the body is there for release and liberation. They do not experience the deathless who don't dwell in mindfulness of the body. Mindfulness of the body is lost, uh, the deathless is lost on those who do not cultivate mindfulness of the body. <laughs> You know, it's kind of, there's a whole section in uh, numerical discourses, about 90 suttas, where you just keep saying, develop mindfulness in various ways. He was trying to make a point. So that, and then you see, if you look in, uh, you know, Satipatthana, then he, he goes through the whole thing. Look at the exteriors of the body. Look at that. Look at the flesh. Look at sinews. Look at bones. Look at death. Look at all that. You know, do you really want to go out there? No. <laughs> How good is that? You know? And then actually starts with cultivating breathing. So first of all, find out, try to, um, as I said before, if you try to first of all, if you activate or potentize or attend to that which is often under, under noticed or not properly accessed, you know, and is for your benefit, the other stuff begins to 
lose its energy. So the more you emphasize and attend to the interior aspect of the body, the breathing aspect, that energy of that, the more you can attend to that, the more you can find your comfort, your resting, your, your steadiness within that, then the other stuff, you know, you, know, you can let it go. It doesn't have to be such a thing. And it's, then the Buddhist said, well, it's great because look where the other stuff's going, you know. <laughs> it's not going to the deathless, it's going to death. The, the, this process is going to the deathless. And we may pause and wonder what that is. Where's that? What's that? And, you know, but we know what death is. We know decay. And we know that. We sense that. Coming back to you know the, the the place of pure presence, always here, and really staying with that and acknowledging that and opening to that more fully, so it just doesn't become a kind of something you, oh yeah, well that right and now. But if you want to do anything around that place, then deepen your appreciation of it. Give it your trust. Give it your faith. Give it your confidence. Listen to it. These are the doings that we should be doing. This is you know, how we ask our mind to participate in that. And as the mind participates in that, the mind begins by itself to, to shake off its dross, its dullness, its agitation, its restlessness, its distractedness, its prickliness, its craving, it begins to shake it off. Yeah. The Buddha said that, you know, this is for the clarification of the mind, for the purification of the mind, mindfulness of the body must be developed. Because it's this, attending to this, gathering around this, opening to this, enjoying this, prioritizing this, is where the hindrances can fade away. The mind then opens its interior beyond this kind of difficult level of uh, constricted energy, compulsive energy, and flat, stale, over, overcharged, reaching out, tangling with itself, this kind of surface energy of the mind. And then if you begin to tether the mind and ask it to participate and open to the body, to this interior of the body, the mind also deepens it's to its interior and experiences the shaking off of those. And again here the Buddha is very emphatic, saying just as a traveler crossing a desert sees a lake of clear water, so the joy arises. 
when these hindrances are cast off, just as someone coming out of jail feels the joy arise when the doors open, they come out of jail. This is how what feels like when the hindrances drop off. Just as someone who is in debt pays off their debts and feels free. This is what it feels like when the hindrances drop off. The mind is joyful. And it's not because you've asked it to be joyful, try to make it joyful, snap out of it and be joyful, come on, joy up. But you, <laughs> you know, why are you so miserable? You shouldn't be that way. Just because its energy is turned from preoccupations with all that's, that support the hindrances and it's become occupied with this grounded, deep, safe, comfortable thing that you don't have to do. The mind rests and it feels joy and the joy gives rise to ease and the ease and joy become concentration or unification so this is and then the Buddha is saying well when you be when you're coming to this then also that joy that ease you begin to really open to it and bring it into your body so let the mind then express its gratitude to the body as if it's bringing all that quality through the tissues, the joints, the flesh. So there's not one part of the body that's not bathed, suffused, drenched and pervaded with the joy and happiness that comes from unplugging the hindrances. This is the settling into what's called the jhana, absorption. So this is, you know, a tremendous blessing. Just really to bear in mind that although we can call this an achievement, an attainment, and that's one way of looking at it, really the process is of reducing, 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 and enjoying the what we're putting aside, and able to put aside, and able to shuck off, you know, just unfold, uncrinkle, stretch out, and enjoy. And from here we begin to you know, review all, you know, you look at those programs that were running. I don't need to do that one. That one doesn't do me any good. You stop doing that. You know, you're a free person, relatively speaking. And you can check out what you want to have keep running. You know, thinking, oh, I think I've done guilt for a while. <laughs> Regret and blame and all that stuff. This is how you then integrate the experience of absorption into really, you know, bringing it back home. What what can be put aside now? 
what can we put aside generally people find as they put aside the pressure that we put on the senses to make us happy you know it's like saying to the senses thanks very much I know you tried but I'll let you off you don't have to make me happy anymore I can do it somewhere else what a relief you know those sense organs can take a break just be navigation rather than bearers of treasure and the happiness and pleasure is coming from a a basis which is much more reliable so we begin to see put that program that seeking that way can we can put it aside So this is uh, beauty. If we look at reviewing from our place of settledness what is helpful, what is necessary, what supports, what what we really need. And, you know, it's always going to be the case you find out there's a little bit less you need, a little bit less you need, a little bit less you need to do. Oh, it's really great, isn't it? Like you just get like Nibbana is just taking a break, <laughs> a long, deep break from the whole of that thing. You know, and I think it's so great. You've got a whole religion based upon taking a break <laughs> as being the best thing you can do. So that's that's the that's the direction, the inclination. Mm. And any time you know we we're touching into, say, you know, I mean, there's how deep and how complete that break is. You well, you know, let's not get too picky, but at least I took a break from that one, you know, <laughs> and that one, and that one. So you start liberation is a gradual process, and you begin to see bits you can. Oh well, that one's enough of that. You know the really poisonous stuff, which so <laughs> really, really fruitless, futile stuff. Yeah, if you if we if you if you touch that ground, if you get it, if it you know play with it, don't think about it too much, but just try to get the sense. It could be you might experience it as I've been mean, say uh, one of the one of the little gifts the body gives you is something like being able to stand in balance, the experience balance. 
balance, what's a balance? Can you see one? Hear one? Touch, think it, touch it, where is it? Does anybody not have it? When you stand up, you don't fall over, notice that? (laughs) You walk along, lifting one leg off the ground and you don't fall over. And you get off a chair, you don't collapse, you don't fall over. It's amazing. Well, where's balance? Who's got the best balance? How did you attain balance? How long did it get you to become balanced? There must be somebody who's got the best kind of balance here, who's been doing it longest, who's got the best. No, it just defeats all those um, ways of doing it, isn't it? So it's free, natural, intelligent. <clears throat> there it is. This is right there, you know. Um, and we can sense that. You know, it's a sense when there's no pressure is need no pressure, no effort is needed, apart from perhaps to listen or to tune in or to get there, to be really here. Stop moving forward. Put that down. Just focus back here. Yeah. And then when you find that sense of balance, okay, let's see. You know, I don't need that thing in my shoulders. Right, you know, it's the place where other formations can let go. Now that's an, that's an example of the body intelligence, so the fundamental intelligence of the body, of the interior of the body, its ability to immediately sense balance. So if you just kind of keep something like that as a, as a, an object, though you can't really find it, it's not, you can sense it as a subjective quality. You walk with it. Yeah. You walk with, you walk, and as you walk, you're not going forward. You know, your body is moving forward, but your presence isn't. Your balance isn't moving forward. If it moves forward, you lose it. Your bo- balance has to stay present. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the physical things are doing their thing, but the presence stays where it's always been, the only place it can be. The more you, you know, so you walk, you stand, you sit, have your meal, you know, and just using that as a reference point, it doesn't mean you kind of, kind of hold yourself in some stiff way, but just noting that, and notice now I'm leaning over, Okay, that's fine. I'm leaning over for a while to do something or the other. And then I can come back into that. Let things settle and rest again. See how much time you can just do that, moving from balance, consciously, clearly, for a purpose, and then coming back to it. So we don't just... We use that as our home base to come back to. And retreat time, you know, this is the thing we can do. And we have that possibility because the exteriors are, what is it? A bit of sweeping, a bit of scrubbing something, a bit of tucking the blankets in. This isn't rocket science, you know. 
So you can kind of like all the time in the world just to feel, okay, bend over, tuck the sheets in, stand up, feel the feet, balance. There it is again. So there's a conscious moving out for a purpose and then the moving back. And that purpose is finished. Done that. Done it. Good. Enough. Take a break. You know, that break may be half a second, but the feeling of, ah, oh, you know, rather, oh, I touch the sheet, but I do the pillows, the next thing, I've got my yogi chore to do, there's lots of it, and I have to get it done so I can meditate. <laughs> when I meditate, I get calm and peaceful. I get calm and peaceful, I get this done so I can go and hurry up and get calm and peaceful. <laughs> you know, so, you know, don't trust the mind an inch when it starts doing st- don't trust those thoughts an inch <laughs> they're all exteriors mm. they're all exteriors aren't they but trust what is what is the real interior of the mind is knowing it's, it's alert it's intelligent it's sensing it's clear it's calm, it's warm, uh, it's um, happy, it's loving mm. by itself, it's its nature, its natural quality of will, willing to be here, opening, willing to be here, that's good will. And so, you know, we're just using the body to remind the mind. Put that, let go of that. You don't need that. Just take your time, come back. And there's something beautiful for you. Right behind the screen of thoughts and preoccupations and stuff that you've written on the page, something beautiful behind that. This is how we can cultivate. The Buddha says you cultivate this uh, whether you're walking, sitting, standing, scratching, urinating, eating, lying down. Just cultivate that. Cultivate that mindfulness of the body, that internalizing, that uh, simplifying, that stabilizing. This will be for your great welfare and benefit in the present, in the here and now, and lead to an unraveling of the tangle of our exteriors, how we get meshed up in it. So it's time for you to do as you see fit.